Rugby Podcast, the Leinster Away Edition in DRDS. And with me on this week's podcast, voices you're going to hear after you hear all the excitement. But first of all, let's introduce them. Happy New Year, Alan. Hi, Rob. Happy New Year, Devo. Happy New Year, Dave. Uh, happy New Year to everyone out there. A very happy New Year to Lindy McKenzie. Happy holiday to all of you. Oh, very nice. And uh, oh, William Davis, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Rob. It's good to have you all along. Let's just get straight into it. Connick versus Leinster. Lots of shouting from me and lots of calmness from William. Again, the touches from Leinster are really supreme. Van der Fleer is smashed. Butler with the tackle. He kind of picked up his legs. That's why the crowd went, oh, but there's nothing to it beyond that. Could have been. Lowe tries to take on. Alton Delan. What an offload! And Leinster in in the corner. James Lowe may well have orchestrated that. I just don't see if I got that right there in the offload. But Leinster have got it in the corner. I think it's almost certainly a try. Was it Max Deegan in the end who's got it's it in Max the corner? Max Deegan in the end. But James Lowe again with a spinning offload. He's brought every single trick in the book. He's only we're only here half an hour, and we've seen some sublime stuff from him. Just orchestrating the game. Look at that! A ba- to a, no really beautiful stuff. A pir- pirouetting back of the hands offload. You would uh, have heard. I'm sure, I'm sure the listeners at home heard the oh from the crowd because it was it's absolute champagne stuff from Leinster. As they get the momentum, they've scored three points and they've been on top since that score. Maybe Leinster switched off. Who knows? Cardi, what a pass to Bundy Aki. Aki's away. Brilliant offload. Healy. O'Halloran. That is excellent for Ghana. Quick ball might do it. Marmion. Carty. Leinster come up quickly. Masterson with the carry. Connacht inside the 22. Loose ball dived on by Marmion. Clever stuff from Marmion. He saved possession there. That was superb from Connacht. Brilliant by Connacht. Really, really good. But the Leinster defence again, so so fast, so accurate. Here they go again, another pick and go. John Muldoon, this needs to be a try for Connacht. There's no point in looking at it any differently. Two minutes to go to half-time. If Leinster want to kill this ball, they'll be running the risk of a yellow card because it'll be another penalty in the 22. Connacht underneath the post almost now. Ball comes out to Delan. He's wrapped up in the tackle, but he still gets on the front foot. Quick ball might do it. Cannon. Jared Butler going for the line. Held back. They'll go on a second drive. Again, they go for the line. They're over. Try for Connacht. That is absolutely outstanding stuff. And in the end, they have gone over the line. They've got the touch line. touchdown. What a score. Absolutely excellent Finley work. Finley Beelham, brilliant. Brilliant work by Beelham, but brilliant work all the way along there, which all came from attacking a Cronin line out and doing the do it do it doing the, the necessary on stealing the ball. Well that's the last play and we can tell you that's it. Connick kick it to touch. Connick lead at half time by thirteen points to eleven. William, I think if you had said that after five minutes you would have said that's not enough with this rind. But then you talk about momentum and you say it could be enough because it, it's a brilliant finish to the half. Well, they've been here before the RDS, but they they had they had to fight back there. There was it was a case of it was a case of needs must, and they did dominate that last period from the time Leinster scored, and that's a great time to score, and it'll give them good heart. And from where they were seven eight minutes ago, uh, they're in they're in, in a much much better place. Leinster underneath the sticks. You've got to feel they'll be more efficient than Connacht were in these positions in the first half, although Beelham did get his try in this position. Underneath the post and two metres from the line, Leinster ball. Connacht lined up either side. They're tackling low initially and now trying to get over the top of the ball. Leinster coming in to clear out. It took three Leinster players to clear out that ball. They're two metres from the Connacht line, directly underneath the post. They might go to try and touch it off the base of the post in this scenario. They go on the left-hand side and Connacht make the stop. It was a soft enough pick and go. Another one, and this time it's just a matter of chopping him down. Aki 
Mackey's trying to get, o- get in over that ball in comes Ben Whitehouse to check is it a fair contest for the ball it is now Leinster go for it did they get over the line they have huge moment for the game Leinster's dry and it's going to be 19 points to 13 and it comes from Jack Hardy not finding touch I'm afraid it does that's at small margins but having valiantly defended a few minutes ago they just invited them back on top of them and uh, they didn't make a mistake this time they were accurate there they just worked their way across Masterson almost over the line again they'll go again Connacht will be within half a metre they were stopped the last time they must score on these kind of attacks Muldoon's trying to see if there's half an, hour, an inch there to get it over the line he takes the carry it doesn't work back it comes from Army and Connacht go to the back line Carty all the way out to Healy it eventually comes to him he steps inside one two Matt Healy scores what a score oh that's what brilliant that's brilliant brilliant from Connacht they're in and they're still in this game 21-18 brilliant 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 by Matt Healy he two three sidesteps one after the other it all seemed to have broken down because uh, Alton Delan was pushed back but Connacht didn't panic they got the job done they got it out to Healy and he cut back inside cleared three tackles and is in he's playing out of his skin he's a confidence player and that is absolutely brilliant they're getting tired and Leinster's defence is working really hard but they've got themselves back into position here again I'm not quite sure how Leinster infringing on the offside line very much so driven back in field Connacht Ben Whitehouse try not to interfere he's leaving this to be a mistake by Connacht or a mistake by Leinster but he's not going to make a call unless he has to how many phases must we be at? We're well over 20, probably 25. There's a risky offload from Delan to Butler when it wasn't necessarily needed, but Butler has held it and he's tackled. Connacht have lost metres here, William. They're going backwards. No, they're Tom Carroll, they're up they're going backwards. 22 no, They really would need to try to spin this ball out along the back line because they're, they're back on the 22. Leinster in, is this it? Connacht to still have it. They are still alive, but it's advantage Leinster. It comes loose. Connick picking up in the shape of Carty. He tries to get the ball back. Leinster over top of the ball. Are they killing it dead? Are they killing the ball? No, they're not, says the referee. No, they, were, they were very clever there, Leinster. They, they did kill it for a second and then they got off. And they've it. Leinster have gone over the ball. They have won it. And they are going to win this by 21 points to 18. Brilliant defence from Leinster in the end. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was quality defence. Uh, Connacht bit tired, a bit, uh, bit disorganised there at the key time they had their chance, I thought Alton Delan was going to get in but he was held up, he was stopped, I don't know, half a metre short and from then on Leinster sort of held it whispering a little bit here because we're in the media room we want to respect the uh, press conference that continues over there yeah it's Ross Maloney actually he had a couple of interesting things to say they focused on the fact that Connacht had gained an awful lot of momentum in the forward play in the last few weeks and so they geared their whole training about stopping the Connacht rolling mall and putting pressure on the scrum which and you they could see did that, absolutely. technically won a few penalties technically if you know what I mean in terms yeah. of just into, instead of power and came through on the mall a couple of times they did they did I don't know how they got through one of them without being you know, a penalty being given, but you know, there, there was definitely one or two of them, and that was their fresh pack. The only player in that pack 
who started had played last week was Dan Levy and he only lasted 27 minutes so they basically had a whole fresh pack against our pack so it was um, they were they were very impressive Before anyone says anything about referees and we don't do that too often Ben White has mixed bag all around and what he didn't give us maybe Max Deegan had a knee on the round the last minute I thought a great response in the open breast conference from Alton Delam we can't be looking at referees for decisions like that and you think Tyrone Allen probably killed the ball on the line at one mm. stage and I think Pat Healy may have killed the ball after a brilliant tackle at one stage so yeah I think it swing, swings around about balanced referee yeah, it wasn't yeah. great but I, know, I, I had no problem the game went well what, what I like about Ben Whitehouse is that he tries to, to referee as somewhat like Nigel Owens is that he wants the game to flow as much as possible hmm. and so he is aware of what's going on and we're not obviously hearing everything he's saying but he'd be the type of referee where I'd be if I was doing my odd bit of refereeing what I do with the kids I'd say to him I saw that don't do it again but let the game flow yeah. and if they do it again then you penalise them so there may be a, bit, a little bit of that on it Okay, let, if you want to bring in the referee, we'll do it on the while. Let's get some post-game stuff, though. Uh, starting with Alton Delan, and then we'll go to Kieran Keane. We'll not do it that way around. Alton Delan, look, you've been in the media for a little bit here now, so we won't keep yet, but obviously the lads are gutted. There's an energy in that dressing room that'll be obviously channeled into what you want to do next week. At the same time, you probably just have to take this in and accept it as a real disappointment. Ah, uh, yeah, you know yourself. We um, <coughs> we'll we'll, all, we'll be disappointed. What with today? We could we, everyone knows we could have won that one. You know, and we just lacked that composure near the end. With a few errors in the first half, but I think we got through them and uh, definitely put the pressure on in the second half. So that that that's what we'll be a bit disappointed with that. You've played a few games here. I've watched a lot of games here. I haven't seen Connor play that well here. There's a lot of positives from that. Yeah, we were obviously the, the few weeks before that were were a good way, good build up into this and. Uh, Fair enough, they could have put out a better team, but the fact of the matter is we could have won today, and mm. that's what's very disappointing for us. But um, looking forward, you can't dwell on that. So we got a bill for next week, another huge game at home, so uh, or away even to to them who are there. You know, they, we can expect them to put out a big team, so it's going to be a huge test up for us. And hopefully, we can just build from today's performance and uh, yeah, give them a good challenge. I get feeling there's, there's a lot of structure being put in place over the last three games. There's no sign that that's going to be chipped away at here. But you're still going to sit on this for a few days. Those last few minutes, those phases, what, 25, 30 phases, where it just slowed down when the try was there to be gone? Uh, we, we can't really sit on it when, when it's a five-day turnaround to, for, for Munster. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, even the, in terms of structure, I think he's, uh, uh, KK's brilliant in that he, he, he wants us to, to, make the, to make the good decisions ourselves. He doesn't want to just give too much shape for us, which, uh, which, which works really well for the last few weeks. And uh, hopefully now we, we can just, we need, just need to build that decision-making and uh, put teams to the sword, you know. So, yeah, hopefully now this week will be a good, good test for that. Kieran, I guess the first thing I have to say is that was a cracking display by any standards of a Connacht team in the RDS. I mean, you don't have that history, but you must be proud of the effort your lads put in, first of all. Oh, yes. Um, the effort and the character. Uh, there's a lot of desire to do well tonight, uh, today. Um, today, yeah. Today. Um, so, um, <laughs> it's hard to tell, isn't it? It's so dark. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, look, I'm, I'm massively um, disappointed, as are the boys. Um, it's an opportunity to create a little bit of history. Um, and the unfortunate thing is we should have got it. We'll get to the end in a second, but you want, you don't want to focus on that straight away because they were 11-3 down in the first half with the wind. I mean, the whole scenario did not look good at that point. I guess you had plenty of faith that they were going to come back. 
were you surprised that they came back so quick to lead by 13, 11 and a half time in a 10 minute spell? No, not really. Like uh, I felt we we were a bit uh, muddled and we got off to a bit of a slow start. Um, we were certainly slow to, to position ourselves and on attack and defence. So, yeah, I think we were just a little bit... Uh, I think the occasion got to us a little bit in that first 15, 20, 20 minutes. Um, and that could be nerves, it could be a, a number of other things, but... Um, you know, basically it took us 38 or 39 minutes to get cracking. Mm. Um, so I felt comfortable that we'd come back and and at half time the boys were pretty composed. Um, so, you know, things all good well for the second half and it didn't matter that we were playing into a breeze. Leinster had played really well into that breeze. So there was no reason for us to, to worry about that. Look, you're disappointed with the... I, like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe a lack of composure there in those closing stages. They, they lost their shape a little bit in the attack. Having said that, the fitness was there, the energy was there, the momentum was there. There's a lot to take from that, I guess. But maybe to start with, maybe just reflect on, on why it didn't turn out to be... They didn't get the try from all those attacks in that last few seconds. Uh, well, I'm not going to tell you the tactical aspects mm. involved, but um, I think you're accurate in saying that um, I'm saying composure. Would you say a lack of composure? I was a lack of composure. Boys um, started doing one-off stuff, and um, you know you can't ask people to be mind readers at the best of times. Um, so yeah, it was. That, and the opposition were putting a lot of heat on them at the same time. So you know it was courageous, mm. absolutely courageous. But unfortunately, the, the emotion took over. How do you take this forward? You have to rotate your squad a little bit, I'm predicting, based on what the other teams have had to do over the Christmas period. But you want to keep the momentum going. I mean, these are two good performances in Interprovincials, and now it's down to Toman Park. Yeah, no, another big big battle. Um, we'll have to rotate things because um, three of our internationals, for example, have to get a rest. Um, so, you know, we'll start from there and, and, and build backwards or look backwards or you know, we'll sort it out. Fitness seems really good. The team is finishing games well. No, we back ourselves in that regard, and we thought we'd run over the opposition today, but, um, you know, thought we'd win too. Is the fact that you're playing one of the best teams in Europe right now, is, does that make it a little bit easier to take a defeat like that, or is it almost harder to take them when it's a missed opportunity? Oh, I just think we're trying to create a little bit of our own history, you know. I mean... Um, that's what any any player likes to do, and, and any coach. So, you know, we we're not too worried about who it is. We're just thinking about what we can do. Right here we are, post-game section of the podcast. You've heard from Alan and the link into the audio. Let's start with Lindley. You were chatting to Kieran Keane. His mood was obviously relatively upbeat. Why wouldn't it be? Because it was a good, solid performance, despite the. I was going to say calamitous finish, that's too harsh, but poor finish. Yeah, there was really an opportunity to beat Leinster here and, and, and Connacht blew it. And I think, as Kieran Keane described, just really essentially a lack of composure. And as did um, Alton Delan, that probably things that they were supposed to do or taught to do or had planned to do, you know, just 
they, they forgot at the time. And I think both of them are, are, are very accepting of the fact that they actually messed up that opportunity. Um, and But at the same time, and I know it will rankle because it will rankle all of them to know that they, they, this was a brilliant opportunity to ban Leinster in their own backyard. And when you had all those thousands of people there baying Leinster, Leinster at the end of it, you know, and to finally turn over that ball and to see them being pushed back, you know, back inside, you know, the, out of the 22 was, was a little bit disheartening when I know that all of us were probably, and so many people were probably saying, please do something different, take it out of the forwards, put it into the backs, give it to Matt Healy, let's take an opportunity like that. Unfortunately, they didn't. The good thing about Kieran Keane is that, yes, he is... Maybe he's maybe he's becoming just more attuned to Connor, attuned to the Pro 14, attuned to the media and the way it works, and he is much more upbeat about it. In the sense that it's not lost; it's another learning for Connor, and that is how you know. If you think about the last three or four games, they have all been very, very solid games, a very cohesive. Even I think. Um, Leo Cullen said that it was a very cohesive Connacht side out there. Interesting word, yeah. Yes, it was, and exactly. And I think that's, and I think that's a real mark of of yeah. of this team coming together under Karen Keane, especially in the last four games. William, your interview with Nigel Carolyn, first of all, was brilliant. Really cool to get that time with him. It's hard to do it all the time to get to get an opportunity. But secondly, interesting, he said something about the competence of the players when they're under pressure. He talked about it. If you stop and you think, I was listening to a nice hockey guy the last day where you quote your Top Gun if you think you die you know and, and like that's kind of what Nigel was talking about it was like he wanted those kind of learned competences they don't even think about it maybe tonight that's exactly the area where they fell down yeah in the last two and a half that's three minutes about, yeah. I think that's uh, they had a bit of a brain freeze so they just have to go back and look at it again analyse it try to find out what went wrong um, because that was there for the taking oh, and, you, do, and you don't often come up here and get that opportunity and they're going to feel very frustrated by it the players in particular will have I suppose the word now is take ownership of it they'll look at it um, but they haven't got much time because it's a very quick turnaround to Munster so they'll just have to do their video review tomorrow and then hit the ground running again and it was what Nigel spoke about um, I suppose you see the strength of a player when they're under pressure and you can be under pressure defensively but you can also be under pressure when you're attacking mm-hmm. to make the right decisions and some of the decisions on in that goal line situation were the wrong decisions and look it's gone um, but it, it'll be disappointing for them but they just have to move on from it as fast as they possibly can they were very cohesive they worked very well as a unit uh, Leinster got quite shaky I think when they're, they, they cleared the bench that's when their problem started they started to hit a problem when Dan Levy went off start with God he's brilliant he is he's a phenomenal player they've got some they've got some huge talent he got his brother on the wing got to mention on the commentary um, so it's it's frustrating yeah. but it, it, it's, it's gone Dave d- d- just what worries me or what like makes me so impressed with these guys is 
you often think that, right, grand, I'm not physically able to play rugby, but I probably could make the right decisions on the pitch. I was watching those decisions down the air going, any human being would struggle to make the right decision under that kind of pressure. That's where professional rugby's getting to. The mental side of the game is almost an elite level that most humans can't get to now. And Connick didn't reach the right level. I think if you, wanted, if you wanted to do a complete comparison and contrast as to exactly what can happen when the, the difference pressure makes us, look at what happened at the end of the first half, where we got the ball, we're 11-3 down, we've got a penalty, we get it back to 11-6, and there's some beautiful Kieran moves, lovely backs move but we get up to the line and up until that point we had been I would suggest both teams had got, got within five metres of the line and apart from James Lowe everybody was blowing it Leicester blew it a couple of times we blew it a couple of times and then in that last in that last couple of minutes which leads up to Finney Beelan's try every decision taken was good but the pressure going into half time is nothing compared to the pressure coming at the end of the game this is a try to win for the first time since well I'll let you describe it the first time since we won because it's your story um, since Mark McHugh kicked the drop goal in the last minute never mind yeah two bats um yeah. They thought it was going to Eric Elwood. They went to Mark McKee. Yeah, so that's the difference. I mean, it was obvious to us, but we're in the stand. We can see things that... We've all played sport at some level. We've all known, even, even in the games that we played, that you, you, sometimes you just only you're to, completely tunnel visioned. It was obvious to us. Rory Lachlan had got a bang on the head and was helped into the line. He was out of it. He you were saying that on the was, yeah. yeah. And, it was, and it was blatantly clear that Matt... Mash had beaten three people for his own try who were all fully, fully compass mentors. So you thought, get the ball out to Mash and let him have a run at the guy who doesn't actually, who may not know where he is. I mean, hopefully, God, first thing we have to say is hopefully he's fine. The decision might have taken. We can see it from the stand, but I will say to the boys, with that level of pressure, the tunnel vision just kicks in. Yeah. But they, will, they, they should learn from it. They should learn from it. I think they will learn from it. Okay. I think they've shown all season that they've learned and learned and learned. I think he's, he's given. Um, Kieran Kane has given the team a framework for, to, to, to work within and they'll go back and look at that those decisions that were made with inside the framework and realise okay we, we could have made better decisions here and this is how simply it could have been done Can I be a bit flippant and say but still it was pretty pretty awful finish to a game when you're on top I think you've yeah. got to remember that John Muldoon wasn't on the pitch mm. so we didn't have we didn't have that captaincy on the pitch and I think that's possibly I don't know who the captain was who takes over um, Tiernan, I would have guessed. No, I, guess. I would just suppose he possibly was Masters. Okay. We don't know, though, so we're all speculating. Well, I suppose if you, if you really want to point the finger, you're probably looking for the scrum half to change yes. the position because he's the, he's the guy who's driving it forward. He's the guy that's the orchestrator, and you're kind of looking for him. It, it sort of became obvious, commentating and watching it, that this wasn't working, and you think you have to gamble on him. Now, Matt Healy could have got the pass put to him yeah, and he could have knocked it on or he could have fallen over like, or he could have scored the try but, 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 yeah because they didn't actually in the end of the day they didn't get the shot away if you want to look at that way the concern is that they continued and continued and continued to to, to, do, what, to do the same thing and they were just getting driven back and which was so frustrating frustrating for probably for themselves frustrating for us watching it and that they didn't someone didn't take responsibility or charge and say well actually no yeah. yeah, it's that it's that sort of thing, isn't it? If you a sign of madness is doing the same thing and expecting different results, <laughs> yeah. and we didn't quite see it, and, and it needed to go out. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. We still had a losing bonus point, so it needed to go out to Matt to have a to have a pop. But if you go back to what Kieran said about if, if the defence does if the defence does this, then we do that. The defence had there was a weakness, and the weakness wasn't spotted, and that was the problem. And I think I, I think that's where the big frustration is. is everybody could see where the weakness was, and could also see that what was what we were doing wasn't working. And the only people who didn't seem to be able to see it were the guys on the pitch. Lenny, you have to go, but thanks for joining us. And uh, you still have 
overall positivity going into Munster match? Oh, absolutely. The only concern, actually, obviously, going into that Munster match is that, as Karen Keane said in, in, in the press conference, is that he has to rest his three of his internationals. So, obviously, the team is going to be changed around quite a lot. So, whether the, the influence of that... You know, it's, yeah, and I think if you saw even with Elton Deland, he's he's he is stepping up to become a a lot more of a leader mm-hmm. and taking responsibility. Spoke and well today. He spoke very well tonight. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, and but of course we do have more of those. We have the the on Mastersons who's did well you, able to capture. Did you hear Elton's on. line as well? Just more voices in the dressing room. I love that phrase. It was really a, uh, uh, more voices are emerging. I think he used that. Phrase. Well, I think when you look at the two of them sitting side by side side this evening in the press conference. Kieran and Kieran and himself, they they looked like that cohesive a part of that cohesive unit, and and it was good to see you know, without Alton even being asked a question separately from Kieran, him just offering his opinion up as, a, as, as yes, and I thought that spoke of a great confidence between the two of them mm-hmm. and a great respect between the two of them, and an, obviously a relationship that works now works between coach and players. Like I'm just noticing afterwards, the player beside Kieran Keane three weeks in a row, Owen Masterson, Matt Healy, now Alton Deland, so relaxed in his presence, so bloody in awe of him. I think there's a connection there that wasn't there in the first six weeks. Yeah, I think what's happened is that, that you know they've understood that he's not there, he's not the same sort of taskmaster as Pat Lamb was, and that he's looking for these guys to voice their opinions. They're adults, they're rugby players, they should know exactly what they're doing, and he's expecting them to step up. I think he's expecting them to interact, he's expecting them to come on and take it. They're the players, mm. they're the ones on the field who do the job. Mm. All he does is set them up, he sets the framework, and then he says, okay... Go and go and apply what we've learnt in training and see how you get on. I think that's it's yeah, it's a right way to do it. They love his style. The management seem to love his style. They spend time sometimes when they're talking to you, like say Jimmy Duffy or Nigel Carran, almost explaining some of the things that Kieran has said. If he's been misinterpreted, I heard Nigel doing it again this week, not in the condescending way, but just a kind of a hey. By the way, we're listening to him and we agree when he says it was a head scratcher. This is what he means, and so on and so forth. Yeah, but I think it's a more collaborative effort. Right. And I think he expects everybody to bring ideas to the table when they're discussing the game. It's not a prescribed system. And I don't think Kieran Kane thinks he has all the answers to every problem that happens in a match. And I think that's what he sometimes finds when he comes in after a game and he has to do a press conference and maybe Connacht have lost and they haven't played very well. And he hasn't had a chance yet to ask other people. He has to come there in front up and say, well... He's really only giving his opinion. He needs, to, you know, you have to talk to everybody within the group. That's the players and the coaches. Um, they've changed some of the stuff that they've done with their training. We're going to be following that in detail in the next couple of weeks to get a real insight into that. Uh, but shorter, sharper training sessions. Um, they've got their. They've only got one soft tissue injury within the whole camp at the moment which is Owen McKeown. That's staggering from phenomenal from where Connacht have been. They've changed their strength and conditioning. So all that change has helped them, but it change also knocks people off their the normal a bit. And I think that's what was going on at the start. Um, and I think now they're coming to, to, to terms with it but they will still have to come to terms with tonight because this is a game that they should have won. All right, if there's... Uh, we do get Leinster listeners. Just, I know we're not talking about you for a little bit there, but that's because those last couple of minutes, start with you, Dave, were more about Connacht than Leinster, yet all the other defensive stands were about Leinster. I know they will say, oh, no, that was great defence. As far as I'm concerned, that last minute was all about just Connacht not making the right calls. Leinster didn't have to do much but the basics. 
but for most of the game Leinster's defence was phenomenal some of their attack play was quite frankly spectacular and they probably should have had three tries in the first half I'm some no, of their offloads I'm not, a, I'm not a Leinster fan I think there were some players for tonight for Leinster who were non-existent um, but there were some they didn't need to be existent because they had about three guys who just could have beaten who had beaten 90% of teams on their own um, the rest about 12, 15 what, what, what's, terif- what's terrifying about somebody like James Lowe is the Kiwis are allowing him to leave so which begs the question how good are the guys they're keeping <laughs> because yeah. he's, he was doing stuff he was playing a different level different game to everybody else I love his energy he didn't know you if you're on the opposition oh, he'd wind you, but, but the thing about him is and this, this is this is something we need to say but I mean in terms of their attacking play what once they were very very good at was not was not just running into people they, they didn't just they didn't just they didn't just run into you and then be tackled and fall. They would try and roll. They tried to roll out of the tackle. They tried to roll on the ground. They were they, they were they were always every single Leinster player um, was 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 gaining was going over the gain line in terms of in terms of uh, attack. Low was spectacular, but I think I think I have to say the, the most prominent back apart from Low was Noel Reed, who gets very little coverage in comparison to some of his colleagues. Yeah, he certainly in the in the very early part of the game. Seemed to get the better of Tom Farrell, but I think Tom Farrell ended up on top overall. Yeah, um, I great, think. yeah. Farrell yeah. had a great battle tonight. Now, he did, well. yeah. Like the the, the center, like I, I think the, the least effective back was um, probably the outside center Ringrose. Yeah, yeah. I, I was he was so quiet tonight. I think he only did one thing that I remember in the whole in the whole evening. But then he was marking Bundyaki. We've mentioned uh, Levy. Max Deegan looks like pretty impressive player. Van de Fleer was like like outshone by the two of them, and he was brilliant. Yeah, look, they they just have this uh, talent pool here, and it's it's a big challenge to actually keep all these guys interested and keep them at the right level and be able to make the changes and bring players in seamlessly. Now, it's like the Dublin football team to have split Leinster in two, fifth province. Well, what did they call the fifth province? Was it Mead or something? Mead. Anyways, let's not do that, Karen. No, maybe not. Very bad suggestion. But I think there is. You know, if, if if some of these the the guys just below mm. these guys who aren't getting game time, and it's something that the the IRF you're well aware of, and it's going to keep coming up over and over again. They'll want to play here because it's a successful place to play, but you need you need to be able to to play when you're asked, and they did fit in pretty seamlessly. Um, from where they did against Munster and they'll have to change his team again because Ulster are due here in five days time but look that's but the more players you have at the right level the easier that is almost out of time we all have to eat because we're all hungry and tired we've worked hard Munster without who we saying he said three players are uh, so that's Marmion Devan and Aki won't be involved um no no, I, so Peter Aki comes back. Peter Aki will come up. It'd be interesting if he gets the scrum out position because Blayton come on to site this evening and James Mitchell wasn't in the squad. Peter Aki likely going with Tom Farrell, but it depends. We don't know what the, what the situation is with injuries. That was there was a that Connor Carey's due a shot start. Yeah, what so. an impact from Connor Carey! Yeah, yeah he's huge, like the be- Is there a better sub prop in Pro 14 rugby? Because I'd like to see it. No, he wow. did another massive turnover again yeah. in the game. That's like, he did the same over in France when we were over there. He, he just seems to have an ability to turn the to turn the ball over. I'm just in the background I'm watching the monster absolutely annihilate Ulster. There are two tries up. This is no. their third. Third five meter, third my five meter scrum in a row, and they've just marched them back twice. How does that mean a penalty try? I don't know. That's not good for Ulster. 
Uh, I'm not sure who's ref in the game. I can't quite see the ref. Friend of the podcast, Michael Cork- Corcoran, will be making lots of noise. We'll have to go and listen to him. Yes, we will. We certainly will. But it certainly looks like like Munster are going to walk through that game, and Ulster are going to come here very, very dejected. And Munster will be well up for trying to get their second win. But when they it's take us on in five days, three lads we were talking about. Then Quinn Roo comes back. Well, I was going to say Quinn Roo is is in, and then James you got Peter got Did he play the full eighty? He did. I mean, I mean, if you look at actually the substitutions, there weren't that many. The um, the front row was changed, and they had to bring Nee on for King Gather. Who? That's another change. Yeah. I, I can't see King Gather playing the next oh, week. Yeah, yeah that's um, Nee will be in next week. So it's significant that he didn't he didn't bring on Blade. He didn't bring on um, Dave Heffernan might be waiting the wings, and if he gets mm-hmm. a shot, I, look, I'm going to predict this. I think. A much changed kind of team will surprise a lot of people next week because I think the squad, based on what the Eagles are doing, are in good shape mentally. And I think we can actually afford to make eight or nine. I don't think we can win with eight or nine changes, but I think we can compete. Well, you, I, I think we can win as well. You, but you, you'll, you'll be looking for a level of performance again. Yeah. And the players that come in will know what's expected of them. I think the chance Craig Ronaldson will start at out half. Yes, Killing Gallagher will be in there, James Conley. Yeah, in I, I could see Killing Gallagher going into the second row. Yeah. Um, it's a possibility. Um, so, Dave Heffernan, yeah, but that, again, look, this is going to keep happening. These three games are going to be played every Christmas now. It's the way it's set up. And Worcester's a big game for us in the context of what we can achieve this year. If you can get a home quarterfinal, obviously we should do that, but a home semi-finals on the cards if you win over there. Yes, and that's massive because that, that that's something you can then park away. Yeah. And yeah, it's the, problem, the problem is we don't win in England. We, don't, we never win games in England. I don't yeah. we, boot, we beat Worcester the last time we played them in England. Yeah, that's about the only time we've ever won a game well, in England. Well, it just so happens we're going back to Worcester. We've Northampton in England as well. But you're talking about the, 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 histor- the history of the whole thing. They are now... History. But they're more or less safe in, in the Aviva. Yeah, so they, they can have a pop at But this. I think that team playing that rugby will be fine over there. I, I think it will. And I, I'm, I, Donegal Callaghan kind of let this out of the bag a bit when he was interviewed after the Barbarians match against... Um, oh, you were at that. Yeah, the game yeah. you were at. Monster, he yeah. sort of said, "I hope we do have an interest in Europe," but he said, "I, I I'm, he kind of hinted that they're not that bothered." And I don't think an away quarter final would be something that hugely interests them. <laughs> I think them. they can't go there with the right attitude. I think they win comfortably. I agree. I think that's where you're getting that. Uh, I wouldn't go comfortably, but they might win. <laughs> it yeah. might be a, it might be a tight one. I think that kind of team can win well. But anyways, I hear you. Yeah, that's probably a bit ambitious. Okay, anything else? Uh, just a few, again, a few stories to keep an eye on. Uh, return of, uh, of a favourite son of a friend of ours, Alan Solomons, is back in, in rugby, having taken over at Northampton. So, uh, well done. Oh, sorry, Worcester. He's at Worcester. He's at Worcester. So that's going to make that even easier because, as we all know, he's a he's a bubbly character. Um, uh, well, Alan Gaffney's gone to Northampton. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like the Premiership. You just when you're in trouble. Is Alan Pardew in line for that? No, it is. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is. Uh, it is a bit of a concern that these clubs just, they don't look within. I know it's very difficult because they're under huge pressure, but they just keep going. Like it's the same guys keep reappearing. Also, I don't buy into the pressure as much. You know, obviously there's relegation in the English Premiership, but there's always one team there miles below everyone else. So it's not a... Nick Kennedy came out last week and saying, and it has been mooted that they're looking at getting rid of relegation, um, relegation from the Premiership, which is a disastrous idea. I think it's a terrible idea. But of course, the guy leading the biggest call for it is Nick Kennedy, who happens to be going to London Irish, who just happened to be nine points behind everybody else. <laughs> okay, we have no time left for anything else unless there's something really important. That must be said. Well, Munster have just got that penalty try, so they're, they're now 17 points to nail up in Ulster. Overall feeling, I'm going to say my overall feeling as Lee. Really disappointed with that. that you, could, you could wait a couple more years before you get another chance like that. Yes. I know the performance was good, but that's disappointing. No, you've, 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 got, to tur- you've got to turn the wins in, and 
they're going to feel that. Um, very interesting times in Ravenhill. I think things are starting to really get difficult up there for Les Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, this will not go down well. John Gibbs hasn't been able to make the difference either, let's say. Yeah. Well, I think the feeling is John Gibbs needs control. to be let f- have full control. That's what I'm hearing. Um, it's a peculiar setup. That's a strong team that came down to Galway. That's a much stronger team to get down to go away. They've got That's a. They've, 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 they've got a. They've got, they've, okay, they're two props. I see if you know the two props were two guys bought back from two months layoffs. I'm going to meet a full strength Leinster next week. Well, I thought that was a pretty, pretty decent yeah, Leinster side. I don't tonight. know what a full strength Leinster is anymore. No, but that was that was a very good Leinster side tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a very good Leinster side tonight, and I was massively impressed with their their work rate. Like we've yeah, been talking about Connacht yeah. and the attitude. Every time Peter one of them Dooley is an example. I thought he had a cracking game. Uh, Andrew Porter had a cracking yeah, game. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like let's talk about some of those guys. You mentioned Ross Maloney on an attitude, all that kind of stuff. Oh yeah. The, yeah, Nagel Pender, one cup try, yeah. you know, and, and you're looking at, the, you know, they're, they're just very, very, very good, but we matched them for most of the game. Which is and, fine. And yeah. Which is why I'm quite A few years ago I would have been thing. like, yeah, so what, because that was their young lads and we should be matching them, but no, with the, where their academy is, where their structure is, Absolutely. and we know where we are right now, which is a mid-table Pro 14 side doing the things in the right way with potential to really kick off. And exactly. the signs, nothing's changed there tonight. Well, I know they're young lads, but they all have 20 and 30 Top uh, Pro 14 games under their belt. Yeah. They're not. They're not. You know. They're not green under. Uh, they're not like total newbies to this whole thing. So, like you're talking about guys who know what they're doing. They've been out there for a long time. They're training with you know guys of really high quality. And Connacht matched them and knew and should have and could have beat them tonight. One thing, one thing you have to say is eight St Michael's guys and we had two more. Um, we need to be looking at specific schools. They, they, whoever's doing the training in St Michael's, Bula Bus, Kudos, brilliant. I agree with that and I also want to just finish the podcast on Alan's stat which was just a reminder he was going through all the underage caps of everyone and then he just reminded me in the stats that uh, you know, Alton Delan has 11 caps for Ireland and never was capped at underage whatsoever so there's all sorts of ways to make it Well, Exactly which is something I've always been saying you can't just because you don't get spotted Michaels are great but so are Burr Rugby Club we've got two lads out there this week Yeah and, and so you know, as long as you have enough belief you know, enough belief and enough desire and enough luck as well because you know, that's certainly part of it but there, there are more than one ways to skin a cat so if you're any young fella and you want to keep playing rugby keep playing rugby you never know when you get your chance and there are more than one ways to skin a cat we say goodbye and we talk to you next week